So welcome to the podcast, um, the Nameless podcast, because we haven't thought of a name for it yet. We were like, yeah, let's do a podcast. And we didn't come up with a name. So we'll probably do a question box or if you know, we're not going to load this to YouTube. We'll just, it'll be on Spotify and Apple. So if you drop us a message on Instagram or we'll put a question box, we'll let you guys give us some yeah. inspiration for a name or something might just come to us. But for now, we'll call it the the nameless podcast yeah that's um, it give it give us some ideas yeah please um i don't actually know what we're going to upload it as like that's i think we need to get some ah oh, that's a really good point we'll, we'll cross this bridge when we get to the, it the podcast the, that shall not be named it's like voldemort you know must not be named. <laughs> yeah. but um we'll introduce ourselves so my name is lucy and i'm joined with my co-host guest collaborator whatever you want to call her yeah yeah grace, grace. <laughs> um yeah instagram you might know me as lucy cook underscore uaf and on instagram you are and my instagram is grace jones coaching i have been on a podcast with you before yes only one out of two of the podcasts that i've done so i'm a bit nervous i'm yeah. a proper newbie mm-hmm. at this but you know i'll get into the flow of things so yeah and i'm a pro so you'll know um, it's going to be better at this <laughs> but no um, we we had a little chat the other the other week and we thought that me and grace have very similar mindsets when it comes to not just our own personal fitness journeys but what we do as a job and the people that we work with and there's so many similarities that we have and i just thought and we we thought let's do a podcast let's share our knowledge share what we know share our own journeys because there's so much that's similar like literally so much yeah. and you'll learn this in the podcasts and we thought well let's share it why not yeah definitely so what wait I'm curious because I don't know if you've covered this on a podcast before but what's your sort of journey into bodybuilding how did you come about getting into it um uh, so mine's quite an interesting one I don't I'm sure I asked you about yours I don't think they're similar from that respect but mine came from originally having um, an eating disorder um, having anorexia and then as I sort of came out of recovery was doing good um, I went to uni and um, I think I sort of went the other way. I sort of turned to comfort eating. I don't know if I yeah. want to call that binge eating, but it was, I was in a very bad place with food. I was just eating all the time, I think, to compensate for my feelings and got into a really bad spot with how I was looking, how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I wasn't dancing anymore because I gave that up when I went to uni and I just got really quite fat and didn't yeah. know what I was doing. Got a PT. She showed me um, how to weight train and everything just fell into place from there really mm-hmm. just fell in love with it just fell in love Actually. with it everything that came with it the changes it brought to my physique the control the discipline how good it made you feel just everything it was just like this is what I was made to do this is who I was meant to be without sounding cringy mm. but it, it you know don't you when you find the right job That's or nice. you find the right person or you find you know when something is just right for you and I just knew pretty much from the get-go that this is this is me this is what I was meant to do. Yeah, it all just fell into place. That's it. And if people haven't listened to um, my other podcast where Grace was a, um, a guest, first of all, rude. No, it's all right. I'm joking. But <laughs> um, do you want to just sort of give a bit of background into your journey into the fitness industry and bodybuilding? Yeah. So I don't have any like big story on how I got into it. I think mine's just pretty normal, I'd say. Like I didn't have any eating disorders or any poor relationship with food I was just it was just at a point in my life where I wasn't doing anything I'd moved back to England I wasn't working and I was starting to just get a little bit down about the way I was looking I wasn't overweight or anything it just wasn't what I liked to feel like I was always into sports I was always into fitness so being quite stagnant and not doing anything I just wanted to keep myself busy and achieve something so I joined a gym I literally just fell in love with it. I got obsessed with it mm-hmm. in a healthy way <laughs> in terms of literally same as you just found a passion and fell in love with everything to do with it. And luckily the stuff that I did learn was pretty bang on. It was like I learned about flexible dieting and calories and training properly. I mm-hmm. I didn't get sort of steered down the wrong path. Yeah. So to say. So I was quite fortunate in that sense. And then it's just progressed from there. Like along with that, I did my PT qualification, PT'd for five years. And in the past year, I've moved my coaching fully online because it allows me to help a lot more people and offer a much more in-depth service, as I'm sure you'll find as well in comparison to PTing. Yeah, 100%. I love PTing and I, when the gyms do reopen, if you're listening to this in 
the distant future we're currently in lockdown 3.0 and gyms ain't open which is so depressing <laughs> so when they do open in god no months from now weeks from now we don't know i will go back to it but i can fundamentally agree that transitioning online through the lockdown period which i was forced to do it's actually opened my eyes into how much more you can help because i think there's a bit of a misconception that it's not as in-depth or it's easier it's an easier job yeah. to do than one-to-one pt in some respects it's easier in other respects it's a lot harder but i think that the value that you can give online because mm. you don't just have that one hour do you like in a pt session it's that hour yeah. and a lot of the talk the discussion is what's going on in that session you know looking mm-hmm. at your form maybe talking a little bit about your kids how your diet's going but the predominant yeah. discussion is just the session itself whereas online you go into so much more you look at everything in their life like the actual training and nutrition is just two tiny little parts it's like a big jigsaw puzzle there's so many pieces to it which you look at and agreed you can help so many more people which is obviously the benefit which is why we do what we do to help Mm -hmm. multiple people but on a much deeper scale that's it that's exactly it so obviously you only get like one or two hours in the gym when you're pt in whereas when it's online coaching you're literally looking at every hour of every day of every week and yes. trying to help every little part of that and that means that they make so much better progress and much more lasting progress as well 100 i agree and for a lot of people i think they need that because if you're getting i always think if you're getting with someone or you're hiring a coach or a trainer for the accountability then you're actually getting better value through online because you mm-hmm. have that every single day accountability and as a pt in fairness i do self say you know you can text me whenever that sort yeah, of thing same. but it's not as in-depth is it because you're not you're not offering as much time and like with check-ins you go into more detail rather than just in a PT session you might do a bit of a sort of a every few months sort of how things go let's look at your weight let's look at um, mm-hmm. things progressing but each week you get that in-depth analysis of everything and that really makes a difference because yeah it just does because it's like the little things which might be stopping someone in a PT session which you might not pick up on so for example someone's sleeping habits either something as simple as that on a pt session you're probably not going to ask about that or it might not come up Mm -hmm. if you're asking questions about it each week and you're picking up their sleep's bad that could just be the small thing that's stopping them from literally getting from a to b yeah yeah exactly i don't know about you but i often found that when you were coaching people in person they almost didn't realize the importance of everything outside of that session like you oh, yeah. but because your your primary focus when you're in a session with them is to train them mm-hmm. you know, doing that and you can't focus on the other things or you're focusing too much on the other things and they're not getting what they should get out of a session so you can't really tell them exactly what you want to say even if you're offering like programs and everything outside of that so they often think that you know that session is enough and you you almost struggle to explain the importance of everything outside of that yeah no 100% makes total sense it's like those people like oh I've got a personal trainer it's like yeah you've got one but you need to do it's like going to the gym but not changing anything else in your life you're still smoking drinking eating all the takeaways Mm -hmm. you have to do everything else in order to get the results and with the online coaching you get that a lot more and like I'm saying I think what's really good for me as well is I have some amazing one-to-one PT clients don't get me wrong I love them all to bits but mm-hmm. online, because there's only so many people in that gym that have similar goals to me, who I think sit well as what we would call an ideal client, someone who I can really relate to, work with. Only so many people walk through that gym floor. Whereas when you're online, the, you can take on people across the world. You know, it's not yes. just people in your city or town. It's helping people from anywhere. So that's really cool because you can then branch out and you're not tied down by certain people. And I think it's it's really it's exciting I think you know when you actually get a client yeah, it's like, really no, nowhere near you it's like oh this is amazing I'm helping yeah. someone from somewhere totally else it's, it's amazing absolutely amazing yeah, totally agree totally agree it's great I do miss one-to-one PT and I yeah. miss coaching my clients in person but luckily any that I was coaching in person around here are still with me online now so I do train with them occasionally yeah. which is amazing but I think I'll always miss it because it's good fun and it's great doing that hands like hands-on coaching and really you know making sure their technique their execution is good yeah. it is a lot easier that, that is still capable that is definitely online. one perk of one-to-one like because i'd get my clients i'm sure you do as well to sort of send form videos form analysis yeah. and 
-hmm. it just takes that one dodgy angle doesn't it to actually make something look worse or better than it is and it's quite hard yeah. to see then they place the phone in a really awkward position and it's like how am I meant to actually see what you're doing whereas in <laughs> you see like you can... just the back of the legs <laughs> yeah and it's like right how am I meant to see your bicep curl if you're filming your, your shins like come on but it's <laughs> in person you can literally get you can see everything you can see the posture you can see every single little thing that comes into it so you can definitely help people mm -hmm. a lot more from that side so if you are listening and you're potentially considering it um if you are a total total newbie and i know you can't do it now because of the goddamn gym shutting thanks rona yeah. a total newbie and you want to learn i would probably suggest getting a pt to start with because they can walk through things with you in a lot more detail if you've got that yeah, bit I'd of experience I'd then I'd personally say value for money wise online's your best bet or maybe look to hybrid yeah, like I sure. do hybrid and there's a couple of my clients who do both they're pretty much online with mm -hmm. me but they'll do the odd PT session just to perfect things which yeah, is just to just to nail a few things yeah 100 percent so we could do a whole podcast on this that's that's good that's <laughs> yeah. inspiration <laughs> Well, we've got um, we asked some for some questions, and we've got some decent ones, and I've got I've got a mix, and I'm sure you potentially do as well of things, yeah. fitness, what we might know, things. I've got a few personal ones asking about our approach to things and our opinion, which will be quite cool. So cool. it's going to be basically a Q and A on all things fitness and bodybuilding by the looks of it. So, do you want to go first? Shall I go first? Um, I'll shoot one across. Someone asked me how how we deal with body image and I assume that they've got maybe a negative body image mm -hmm. or have negative self-talk okay. or maybe a little bit heavier than they want to be like how do you deal with that okay that's a really good one actually I've literally just done a podcast with someone uh, on Wednesday night so that will probably be up when this is up so um, in the show notes I'll tag that one as well if it's up if not then just find it on my other podcast but it it's an interesting one is body image and I think there is actually a lot of a misconception that just because people like me and myself, me and Grace, post physique updates and people post these pictures where they look really confident and they talk really confident that everyone eventually works in the industry has good body image. But I don't think that's the case mm -hmm. at all. Um, we all have days where, especially in bodybuilding, I think you will have days where you doubt how you look who you when you question it because in bodybuilding that's the nature of the sport right you know you're getting mm -hmm. judged on how you look so of course you're gonna have days where you're a bit like oh do I have enough size am I lean enough but I don't know about yourself but what I can safely say is that my body image right now is probably the best it's ever been even though I'm not in the best shape I am right now because I've been leaner for sure but I'm very confident like I'm happy to share physique mm -hmm. updates like a few years ago oh my god I literally couldn't think of anything worse. You couldn't, you could have paid me a million pounds and I wouldn't have done anything like that in a million years. Yeah. But that's come from not just body confidence, but general confidence, like having actual confidence. Because body image, if we, body image is a strange one because there's always something else going on with body image. Mm -hmm. Like if it was just a case of everyone, when everyone was a bit heavier or didn't quite look a certain way, you'd we'd all have body image issues, but there's got to be something else going on. And I always think it's, general unhappiness in in other parts of your life as well so in other parts of yourself yeah, yeah. so it's looking at other parts of your life and thinking what am I unhappy with or am I unhappy in myself am I lacking confidence and honestly just the gym itself it sounds really sort of cringy but before the gym zero confidence wouldn't even pick up a phone to ring someone I'd literally I was the same I was exactly I'd literally shit myself like oh my god I've got to ring this person about my car insurance I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it <laughs> whereas now it's just like yeah phone do it and um, that has come from lifting and it sounds silly but the confidence that I have built through lifting has manifested in so many parts mm. of confidence not just in my body image but my self-confidence my confidence to speak to other people my confidence to, to do anything so if you are struggling with body image I mean obviously there's the whole social media in comparison look at what is actually making you unhappy because it's not just about how you feel in your body it's about how you feel in yourself and there's I always think there's something else going on and look at that analyze that and start to unpick things and be very critical that was yeah. really long-winded but there. <laughs> otherwise I'm going to literally regurgitate the whole podcast that I did the other night so I'm going to put a pause on that and I'm going to pass the floor over to Grace because I'm sure she's got similar or 
perhaps very different things to say on the so, matter. Yeah, I was trying to pick up on things you were saying then and remember to talk about them, but I've forgotten a few bits now. <laughs> but right. one of the things you said was that through lifting, um, it's given you that confidence. And that's yeah. something that I'm like really big on because especially I think for women who lift weights and who get into that, it allows them to see just how capable they are. And I think when someone has a negative body image, they're focusing too much on that yeah. as the primary, like as their, what their self-worth basically. Yes, and they're not yeah. focusing on what it is they're actually capable of and what it is they're actually doing day to day and how, how amazing they are just to be like literally functioning as a human being. Yeah. Um, I think they're putting too much focus on body image. Um, and I think we're all going to have insecurities, like mm -hmm. no matter what. And it's a case of almost contradicting those insecurities yeah. when they come up. Like that's something that's always worked really well for me with anything, to be honest, not just body image. But if I have like a negative thought about it, then I'll contradict it with a positive one. Yeah. Because all of those negative thoughts, you're every time you think them, you're reinforcing that thought process. Mm. So you're yourself of it basically so the more you do that the more you're going to believe it so you almost have to reinforce those positive thoughts mm. and keep doing it even if it feels a bit odd at first because you need to change your thought process around it but I do agree with what you said about how it's normally something else going on yeah outside yeah. of that um and another thing I don't know if you've ever noticed this with clients but I think sometimes people, especially with how society is and how you're supposed to look, I think sometimes people feel that they should want to lose weight. Does that make sense? Yes. So 100%. they're actually happy. They could actually be happy with how they are. But because everyone's always talking about weight loss and being slim, being healthy, mm -hmm. they feel like that's what they should aspire to be. 100%. Again, I did something on this in uni. We did a whole module on body image and psychology of body image, which is really cool. And it's a massive thing in society at the moment, and it has been for probably the last couple of decades, is this thin ideal in women. And it's reinforced mm -hmm. through everything. It's reinforced through social media. It's reinforced through films. It's reinforced through the fact models look a certain way. Um, magazines where you've always got you know when you if you go in any magazine there's always a column about a celebrity diet what they how they're trying to lose mm. weight even celebrities like who aren't in bad shape at all who've got very normal healthy bodies they're always on a diet they're always doing this and it's just constant 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 slimming clubs this start the other it's everywhere yeah like, do you remember those freaks? awful pages sorry do you remember those awful pages where they'd like pinpoint like someone's kneecap and tear them to pieces for just some little like bit of cellulite yeah. or something yeah. like that yeah, it's, disgusting. It's, so and it's like and it'd be like oh my god this is disgraceful oh my god what the hell and it's like no wonder people feel like they need to lose weight or no wonder people feel this way because it's reinforced but through knowledge guidance and doing it yourself because I'm mm -hmm. sure you may have felt the same a fair few years ago, things like that, you would have internalized and maybe like get to you and maybe start to read, you read something like that and think, oh my God, I've got that. So what the hell must they think of me? Or, you know, mm -hmm. whereas now we can read that and just be like, huh, what a joke. That's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And you can't, everyone can get to this point. Everyone can, like, there's nothing special about us. That means we can be, feel this way. Like we've got mm -hmm. there and you can too. So it's, I think education's a big one understanding what a yeah. female body is understanding what healthy is understanding like you said that there's more to you than just looking a certain way and like the feeling yeah. of lifting when you actually realize what how amazing your body is and what amazing things it can do it definitely changes your perspective and I think perspective is a huge one when it comes to body image a huge thing. massively massively yeah I totally agree it's it's actually crazy how negatively we almost talk to ourselves especially oh, about the way we look yeah. absolutely crazy you wouldn't dare to speak to someone else like that no yeah but we're comfortable speaking to ourselves like that it's absolutely crazy again it's, what you were saying about the, the self-talk and what you're saying there that's it's literally like cbt if you're not sure what cbt is it's cognitive behavioral therapy and that is literally yeah. taking a thought or a perception and changing it and literally counteracting it so basically for example saying I'll use one as for me, for example, because I'm a very self-critical person and sometimes it's literally the, the worst thing about me. 
I could say something like, oh my God, um, I'm so weak. I'm looking at other girls like Grace on Instagram when they can deadlift more than me and I'm rubbish, I'm useless, what's the point? Or I could be like, okay, maybe I am weaker than some of these people, but maybe I've not been lifting as longer. Maybe where I mm-hmm. am now is amazing in comparative to where I was a few years ago. Maybe if I continue to work like hard like that, I'll get to where they are. Or, you know, you've got to yeah. look at things from different perspectives. And whenever you do get these negative thoughts, body image or anything, to be honest, you mm-hmm. actually have to be very critical. And like you said, when it was, if you let them keep coming and coming, it becomes a reality. It's like a fire. It starts off like a little one and you add more wood to it. It's going to be very hard yes. to put out. And then, you know, you get to a point when it's the bloody great fire of London and that's it. You know, you, you think that's what you think. And then that becomes a very, very, very difficult to undo. Yeah, I totally agree. That's actually, so like CBT and that thought process mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. how I sort of improved my, I guess, my confidence and my anxiety and things like that. Like that yeah. really changed things for me. And that thought process of like flipping it on its head and thinking of the positive that can apply to anything like someone actually asked me about you know how to deal with um slow progress or not making progress as fast as they want to like rather than being like oh I'm not here like you need to be like okay but what have I actually achieved yeah like what am I actually doing and flip it on its head and find that positive yeah because there always is one to be found there always is one yeah even in this trash situation which we're all in now it's not ideal for any of us but I'm looking at the positive it's like right okay I really don't want to be in a bloody lockdown like there's so many more things I want to do Um, (laughs) but (laughs) what are the positives it's taught me about being adaptive it's built up a lot of resilience it's shown me that I will work towards anything even if hundreds of hurdles and it's shown me what kind of person I am and I've now got more time to do other things again it's even in like the darkest of situations, there's always a positive. And even if it might seem like the most bleak situation, like sounds horrible, but someone dies or something, it makes you mm-hmm. appreciate things more. It brings out this element of gratitude that you've not had. It may make you change your perspective on life for the positive. So I do believe that yeah, there is always a positive out of a negative. That got really dark really fast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That went from body image to like CBT. That was crazy. (laughs) This is not a counselling podcast disclaimer. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to something that's probably (laughs) a bit more, um, probably a bit more lighthearted. We hope. I don't know where this one will turn, but I've got a question about what are our goals within bodybuilding for both of ourselves? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, please. (laughs) Cool. So my next goal is to just achieve a WMBF pro card, mm-hmm. which is the World Natural Bodybuilding Federation, um, which is the federation that I got third place in. When was that? 2019, I was gonna say last year, but no, 2019. So the next goal is to get a pro card in the figure category, which I'm hoping to do in 2021. Um, no, 2022, 2022. <laughs> next year. Yeah, I need a, a year of normality and a year of a holiday or two, hopefully. Um, but that's as far in the future as I look because who knows like yeah. who knows what's gonna happen we'll see but that's my next goal how about you mine's just to get on bloody stage at some point to be honest with you um <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to happen last year and I am actually glad in some respects like kind of basing upon what we said last time about things happening for a reason I'm glad I didn't last year because I would not have been mm-hmm. very happy with what I brought at all mm-hmm. and, you know I might have even had to go down a category which you probably would have literally broke my heart having to do because I don't want to do bikini like it's just not me um so I knew I needed more size so my goal at the moment with bodybuilding literally is just to get some strength on me because I am pretty weak in certain avenues um get a lot more size on me and then eventually again Mm -hmm. I'm hoping for 2022 and that is the goal ideally again it's like yourself I want this year to really focus on business and work and again try and go on Mm -hmm. holiday or something um and then if my life's a bit more stable and I think that I've made the progress, I'll go next year, which could be interesting because we'll probably end up doing a few sh- of the same shows potentially because we're both That'd be not. so cool. Is it who are I you def- wanting to compete with? Well, this year, well, last year, I was looking at three because um, I started prepping in January last year thinking shows were going ahead. And I planned for a PCA first-timers, 
a Fit X one when they were going to do the first Fit Expo. And I was going to do a DFBA, I think, as well, or a BMBF. I was going to do definitely at least one natural federation because yeah. I don't do drugs. I am natural, as you can easily tell by my physique. But... Yeah, so you want to be like fair, fairly judged, you want to be. Yeah, but I've, I have always wanted to do a PCA show because that is where the fire lit for me to do compete compete to compete i watched a natural fed it was the oh i don't even think they're around anymore because they were they weren't very good um it was a small one it was a very small local mpa i think it was i, I don't know no i think it was mpa it's was, it was a tiny little fed and it was in a little church hall and i went to go see a family friend mm-hmm. and oh my god it was amazing that's what literally lit the spark i was watching these people and I was like oh my god I want to do that and then I went to see my friends compete a few months later at a PCA and because PCA shows are like a show you know if you've ever been to one or anything but it's big music yeah. and lights and fireworks and things exploding and it's it's brilliant that literally was like wow this is amazing I want to do this so I do want to do one and I know it would be a lot harder doing a PCA because you've got girls who will be on some sort of performance enhancing something or other but Natural people have won it. Natural figure girls have beaten tested, fig, you know, untested figure girls. And, you yeah. know, it can be done, especially if, if it was a first timers. So I'd potentially look to do one of them. But again, I'd have to make sure that I was in. Well, to be honest, I wouldn't be wanting to step on stage naturally anyway, if I didn't look good enough. So, but I'll definitely do one natural mm. one. But I won't do the same as you because I don't yeah. want you to beat me. <laughs> That'd be silly. You know what? I'd like to do PCA as well, just because I'd love to do the routine. Because in UKDFA, you just do your um, quarter poses. Oh, that's rubbish. That's oh, oh, no. Yeah, that's really BMBF trash. You do muscular. BMBF you do, muscular. don't you? Think BN, you think BMBF you do a routine? Yeah, you do your quarter, quarter poses. Is that the name? Quarter poses? I feel like I'm drawing a blank. Something like your that. Your muscular yeah. poses. <laughs> quarter turn, sorry. Um, your muscular poses. And then you also do a um tea walk to music so it can oh, kind no. of be a routine but with PCA it's a lot more like you're not wearing heels it's a lot more dancey it just yeah I think it'll be I, I did used to dance it'd be quite nice to bring bring that back because what I was going to do is I messaged a couple of my old dance teachers and was like oh not now but in September I'm going to be doing this so maybe sort of when I get when I've done a few more posing lessons and I can show you what I've done would you help me put a routine together I was so excited for it and then cool. Rona happened but like I said I'm glad I didn't do it so goals wise get stronger because I'm certain movements and certain muscle yeah. groups I'm really weak like it's really have you got any numbers that you want to get you know like on any particular um, list like an ultimate obviously not an ultimate but you know next big goal um well for me probably what I'm actually doing now like some of these movements aren't necessarily anything exciting but I'd like I'm doing the hack at the moment and I've just got back into the groove of that so I'd like to do I like to have three plates on there for solid, you know, solid reps. I'd like yeah. to be able to RDL a hundred. That'd yeah. be really cool. Um, if I could ever press anything with a two in it, um, not two kilos, but like twenties, that'd be awesome. Cause I can't do that. And <laughs> I'm not far off an 80 kilo leg extension. And that would be really fun to have 80 under my belt for reps. I'm like 76 or something. So, and I, Again, it's relative, isn't it? But I do want to get this. It's all relative. And I was just going to say that, like you were saying earlier about how you you look at people and you're always like, oh, not always, but sometimes you'll be like, oh, they're, they're a lot stronger than me. I'm weak. It's all relative. So like, mm-hmm. there's always going to be someone stronger than you and there's oh, yeah. always going to be someone stronger than you. And I always say this, it doesn't matter what weight you're lifting. It matters the effort that you're putting into it. 100%. Absolutely. Like, I would rather weight someone was, I would rather someone was literally dying shoulder pressing four kilos if that was their absolute <laughs> best rather than them trying to get the eights up and literally either half doing it or bad form like intensity matters and that's why I look at with clients mm. training and you probably do the same it's not just the form but it's actually looking at did you give your all there was that you know pretty much to failure yes. or with you know with a couple of reps maybe or was there actually 10 there it doesn't yeah. impress me if, if I know they've got loads more left. I'm like, oh, I did this really good left. I'm like, yeah, but you had about 10 more. So go do it again with 10 kilos more on the bar, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but most of the time, especially with clients, they don't realise how much more they've got left in them. Yeah. They don't realise what they're capable of. And you really have to push to get it out of them. But when they do, 
you see them getting more confident with it it's great yeah I think training intensity though is one of those things where you don't realize you've got it until it's unlocked and I've only ever gauged that through training with other people like you think you're training hard and then I've gone and trained with other people and then they push me and like now you've got more reps and I'm like what no I don't but then they push you through it and you're like oh my god I've actually can do that so that helps but you just yeah, gotta try it and, book. oh god yeah hell that helped yeah. me like I think having that those numbers to beat that's what forced me to reach that intensity level oh god yeah guys if you don't logbook sort it out like literally that's why i designed some logbooks um that i I have sold on but it was predominantly for my clients because i was do do it i'll I'll give you some connects it's so cool it's so cool having your logo i don't don't know where the hell to get it printed that's why i've got the design done and everything but god knows i know a guy Uh, (laughs) i know a guy who does it i'll give you his number Um, but honestly it's the biggest game changer and especially i think for women because women in general i'm not going to generalize but i am we're stubborn we are stubborn we have a stubborn i think women as character and the nature of women is to be stubborn and when you have a logbook that says last week you did three by ten you do not want to get less than that no you get frustrated when you do less than that because you're like, damn, I'm weaker. And sometimes you, that can be detrimental, don't get me wrong, because mm-hmm. you can sometimes chase numbers too much. But it always gives you that guidance, that guideline, and that drive to think, right, here we go. And then you know you're giving That's for it. your all. Because if you're aiming for those numbers or above, then you're smashing it. You're doing the best you can do, yeah. and then you're yeah. progressing. Simple as that. Get a logbook. Exactly. And don't, don't just be one of those people that's like, oh, I just put it in my phone. You don't, I do you? Or those people that are like, no, I remember what I did. And I'm like, did you though? Every single set, you remember exactly what weight you used and how many reps you did. So you're telling me you remember your weights and reps for about 40 different exercises. Um, And if you times that by how many sets, that's probably in the hundreds. If you can remember that, I mean, fair play. Brilliant. You're a superhuman. Um, How many people do you reckon that is? Maybe one in every 100,000 or something like that. Being so, able to remember, yeah. Yeah. And even then, the I, is, it's really cool. I like writing it down. I love my logbook. I do. I love a notebook. I love like diaries and planners yeah. and notebooks. It's like the best thing ever when you get to start a new one. <laughs> oh, that it's fresh You don't want to write on it, do you? Because it's so, oh, it's like fresh snow. No. Mine starts off, it's so beautiful to begin with. Like my writing's really tidy. I use a ruler. It looks really good. And then towards the end, it's just scribbled all over it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. We've had another tangent here, haven't we? We've gone from um, our bodybuilding goals to um, notebooks. But I love it. Tangent. Brilliant. Do you want to fire another one out? Um, someone has said that they their biggest struggle is that they eat too many calories of an evening. Okay. What would your tips be for that? Okay. Um, I guess it's quite relative because for some people, too many calories might just be that little bit extra, little bit of picking. It could also mean literally the full shebang. So it could literally be the pizza, the ice cream, the cookies, everything. So there's a few things to assess in my opinion. One is what are you actually doing through the rest of your day? If you're starving yourself throughout the day, well then yeah, you're going to want to eat the world come the evening, especially if you've been to the gym or you've just had a really busy day you know, your body's going to be crying out for food. And if you've just had an apple and a salad, just because, you know, you're trying to be healthy, you're going to want to overeat because your body's like, give me some goddamn food, please. Thank you. So then when your body's in that state. Yeah. And you're going you re- to be lazy as well. Yeah, yeah. And when you get into that state, you're going to want it quickly. your body cries out for things that, your body's really smart. Again, it's another psychology thing I study. It basically cries out for things when you've starved it all day, which will basically give you, give you energy or help you survive which takes the form of sugars and fat which is why you Mm -hmm. reach for things like pizza ice cream cookies um chicken nuggets things like that because high in fat or high in sugar you don't go and reach for a um a chicken and rice meal because that doesn't fit that criteria so that's one thing to assess two if you genuinely are just hungrier on an evening or you like to snack at things on an evening because i'll put my hand up and say i do i'm hungriest on an evening and i can't lie to you i do enjoy having something nice to eat, sitting, watching a film at the end of the day. I do, but I factor that in every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not an idiot. I don't save all my calories, but I save quite a few. So I can always have a nice something that I can snack on or a nice little meal to have 
on an evening. So it's just about being smart. If you like to snack on an evening, make sure you are being smart, saving a couple of hundred calories and make that go a long way. Like instead of having a, a cookie, like a bag of cookies, like if you've got a bag of them cookies from Morrison's, right, that's like way over a thousand calories gone. And that's easy to eat. I know, mental. Or no. whereas if you have like a big bowl of, oh, this might sound really boring, but you can probably appreciate it. A bowl of porridge, oats, with some scoop of protein and then you get some dark chocolate melted on there maybe even a little bit of peanut butter and it's all oh it's amazing that's like 400 calories and you are going to probably be fuller after that because of the satiety of it but it tastes amazing Mm -hmm. it's about being smart with Mm -hmm. your choices and assessing what you're doing throughout the day I think they're probably my two biggest yeah to be honest they're exactly the same things I would say I would say make sure that you're eating regular meals throughout the day especially and recognizing when you're hungry and not just having a little snack like having an actual meal to satiate your hunger and also to give yourself energy to get through the rest of the day because I like it's happened to myself like if I leave eating for too long I'll get ravenous and you just want that quick food so you just reach for anything like you were saying so if you can get meals not necessarily balanced but have actual meals throughout the day Mm-hmm. to ensure that you are fueling your body to get through the day, then you will be less likely to be really hungry of an evening. And then on top of that, if you are doing that and you're still more hungry of an evening, just save more calories for that time yeah. and still make more choices. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's not a bad thing. I think there's sometimes a conception like, oh, but I like to snack on an evening, but is that a bad thing? Well, no, a not lot of people do. If you think about it, if you've had a really long day, and you've been at work or you've been at the gym and you're tired or you're a bit fed up because you've had a long day whatever it is it's nice isn't it to finish your day on quite a positive it's nice to do something nice and nice food snacking uh-huh, that's what yeah. it is creates that rewarding stimulus it makes you feel good and it's it's something to look forward to at the end of your day so that's why i don't think it's a mm-hmm. bad thing but you just again you've got to be smart I'll tell you what's a really good one yeah to it's do. not at all um and it sounds it's like, again it sound, you might think this is stupid but grapes freeze them um whack them in the freezer they go hard like sweets you can't eat them fast and they're little things you can nibble on um skinny popcorn that's like a snacky sort of food but again a bag of that about 100 calories so be smart with your choices get some of them 10 calorie jellies in there always a game changer i think because they're literally negligible calories and it's a sweet treat so be smart with your choices Mm -hmm. as well if you do want a snack um be smart with what you're having because again a couple of them cookies from Sainsbury's might not seem that much. You whacked, you know, you could have whacked pretty much a day's worth of calories in like two minutes. So, yeah, I think another thing as well, if you snack on stuff like chocolate or crisps or something, especially in an evening when you sat down watching telly and trying to chill out, like try and be present when you're yeah. actually eating the things. Like, don't just eat mindlessly, like actually recognize that you are eating chocolate and actually enjoy it like make mm. the most of it rather than just sitting there watching telly and literally not even realizing that your hand is going in the bag because what's the point yeah <laughs> like yeah, enjoy it yeah because this is why you'll be able to you'll probably be able to everyone can relate to this everyone's been to the cinema at some point taking a bag of popcorn mm. and you'll say oh i'll make it last ages and it goes in like two minutes and you don't you're like where the hell did that go and that's because you're not focusing <laughs> on the popcorn. so zoned in on the movie or the adverts or the commercial breaks or the cocoa pops advert or whatever it is that comes on and you're not actually present with the food you're eating, so it's just gone. And then you probably could have eaten more if it was still there because you're just you're not thinking about it. Your brain's not processing it. Your brain's diverted yeah, somewhere exactly. else. So definitely enjoy it, especially if you are like on lower calories dieting. Enjoy it. And even if you're not, enjoy it yeah. because it's nice. And if you're eating it, it to create, make you feel good, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think we didn't go off on a tangent on that one. Well done, us. No, we did quite well there. Yeah, we did quite well on that question. Um, try to think. Of, there's quite a few different ones here. I'm trying to think which one I want to answer. Um, okay, I like this one. This one's about quite a personal one. It could be quite fun. Um, what is something people seem to misunderstand about you? Oh, oh, I don't know. In what way? <laughs> I, I've, I'll go with one that people always think about me, which I think is quite funny. Um, so people mm. who don't know me um like in the gym who don't get to know me think I am literally the biggest most miserable bitch ever because I literally walk around the gym with my headphones on 
baggy jumpers, my hat down like this. I don't look at anyone. I get really aggressive. I, I am quite an angry trainer. I get quite aggressive, quite passionate about my training. You know, I'm that annoying person that makes noises. Don't hate me. So people think I'm yeah. just this angry little human. And then when people get to know me, they're like, you're actually really quite chilled and quite nice. I'm like, yeah. But loads of people literally think I'm this horrible until they get to know me. Like I've actually <laughs> had a girl and I think she still thinks I don't like her literally say what is her problem with me to someone in the gym and I, I was like I haven't got a problem with you it's genuinely just how I look it's just literally my resting bitch face so if you ever do see me in the gym guys I promise even if I look like I'm staring into your soul and glaring it out I am nice I am you can talk to me and I'm not a totally miserable person that's probably <laughs> mine to be honest I do get it quite a bit as well I think most women do that though, don't they? Because it's like you just don't want to be disturbed. You just want to crack on. Oh, I really don't. Especially when you're on a time constraint, like you've got like two hours before you've got to be back to work and it's like this session's a long one. Don't talk to me. But <laughs> See, you I kind of do that in the gym. I probably yeah. look quite standoffish in the gym and I'll mm. avoid all eye contacts and stuff like that. But that's just because like I'm a bit shy initially. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit quieter. It takes me a little bit to warm someone and feel comfortable around them. Mm. But... I don't know I've, I've had people say to my boyfriend that they thought I was really like posh and innocent and this and then I'm effing effing and jeffing and stuff like that that's such an old term that's me copying him with that um yeah no, I think that that's makes the sense. to be honest that think I'm yeah to be honest I'm, I'm being totally honest I probably thought that about you before I got to know you because I saw you through social media. I thought you would be very different to how you are, if I'm being perfectly Perfect. honest. I thought you'd be a lot more quiet. Not that you're like massively out there, but I thought you'd be a lot more quieter, a lot more, you wouldn't ever drop an F-bomb, that sort of person. I don't know. But... Oh, no, I'm really rude. I'm really, <laughs> really rude. And I've got a very dirty mind. Like, I'll hold it back, but my thoughts always go there. <laughs> so that's what, I think that's the biggest one, is people won't think I'm like that, but... Yeah. <laughs> again, I guess that kind of comes back on to maybe what we're saying about social media. It's surface value. You can't you can't judge a person through social media, even with what they're saying in the text and even to be honest, what they post on their stories, if they do a video or whatever. You yeah. can't actually gauge what a person's like through that because I know of people, and I'm not gonna say names because that's just horrible, but who come across on Instagram as this really motivational person who will help people who loves coaching people helping people and in reality they're awful they're so mm. rude they don't respond to client you know people like that so it just goes to show that there's so much don't just take things on surface value don't make you know judgments about people from what you see on even on social media and even if you think you know them through social media you probably don't yeah. and if you are making a negative i mean unless literally someone is like literally sharing pictures of like dying cats and going this is hilarious well then they are a total twat but, yeah. <laughs> but if you know they might just not seem a certain way you can't just like if someone seems quite arrogant get to know them a bit first or don't just make negative judgments straight away is what I'm trying to say there without getting too in depth mm. and deep again yeah it's like like most people say Instagram's very much like a highlight reel oh, and, like God. I don't know about you but I definitely feel like my Instagram doesn't show me as I am not because I try to hide it it's just I just don't think it could possibly do that unless someone was to spend a good amount of time with you so no no 100% because there's only it's little things as well like it was I was talking about this to someone the other day like the way something's written can be reciprocated very differently to how it's you intended it to say so like I gave mm -hmm. the example of saying um um that's okay you know you might put in a that's okay as a, a caption or a comment but that could be you saying it like that's okay I've been very sympathetic empathetic or it could be like that's okay crack on you know it, you know there's so many different ways that one thing can be reciprocated but it doesn't reflect what you mean so then you can pick up on that difference so for example you, you might do a post saying are you training hard to some people that might sound quite aggressive like rude yeah i am yeah which i think she is off some people mm -hmm. i'm like oh she's actually trying to give me some advice here just do you know what i mean like you can't the way you put things out you can't change how people are going to reciprocate that that's it they read it how they want to read it they do 100 percent. do you mm. want to take another one do you have another one uh, 
I do. You know, well, it's more like one of my ones that I want to speak about, which is okay. when people say, when women say they don't want to get bulky, want <laughs> to lift weights because they're scared of getting big. Okay. I want to hear your your thoughts on that. It's, it's a weird one, is this? Because it's one of those myths and misconceptions that I genuinely thought was really ironed out um, because of how much content's out there. But I think, again... The only reason I think it's ironed out is because of the people that I follow, the people that I speak to. We know that that's not the case because I listen to people who are well-educated and know lots about training. Um, but then again, when I started doing PTing and things, I got the question a lot, like, yeah, I was like showing them the weight stream. Oh, I don't want to get bulky. And it's like, but you're not. And I think it is literally purely down to a couple of things. A lack of education and understanding as to what, what it, takes. it takes to build muscle as a female. And a lot of, again, on because media isn't what's the word I'm trying to think of regulated. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like false information can be put out there and mm -hmm. put out there in the masses. You know, you see these people doing these influencers promoting skinny jabs and skinny tees. There's nothing regulated. You know, anything can get put out there. And, you know, when big platforms are saying things like that, um, people internalize that and people think that as gospel um so mm -hmm. I, I think literally it's down to pure education lack of education understanding which is not a bad thing and it's not people's fault but because there's just so much rubbish out there it's very hard to know what to believe yeah they've just been led to believe that haven't they yeah but when you think about what does bulky mean that's what i would break down to okay what does bulky mean okay it means really really muscly and you know quite a bit of size i said well that's down to two things as a female if you wanted to if you were to get bulky there's two things that have gone there one you've overeaten and you've got quite fat which is something that you can control um, which rate training will help you do because you'll help to drop your body fat Two, you on anabolic steroids. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing, I'd like to think you're not doing um, as a normal person in the gym or anyone, to be honest, but if you are, that's cool. But it's more rice than people realize though. A lot yeah. More like if, and to be honest, you'd have to be taking a lot because there's, there's people who are on, who, for example, the, the class me and Grace do figure class. If you look at some of the girls doing PCA and, you wouldn't necessarily think they were on anything. And I've got people that I know and friends in the gym who've taken things who were, you know, to the, to be honest, the naked eye and to all the people, even people who know quite a lot about the industry, you might not think they've taken anything, but it is common. But you, this is what I was saying. You'd have to hammer a lot of steroids and probably be quote unquote, a bit chunky to have that bulky look. And if you are wanting to lean down, diet down and are you in good shape as it is and are you're not taking steroids, then it's not possible because to build muscle as a female, as Grace can absolutely resonate with, is so goddamn hard. Oh my God, it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> and for us, it's frustratingly how hard it is because we work our backsides off day in, day out. And, you know, if you see how people like me and Grace train, we ain't wusses. We give it every inch of life we've got. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think that you wouldn't classify how we look as bulky. You might not have, no. you might not look at us and think that's what I aspire to, but by God, we're not bulky. No. And the thing is, like, if, if a female is on performance enhancing drugs, they still have to work just as hard as like me and Lucy. Oh were. God, yeah. Like that. Um, but I have had I have had people say to me, like, in reference to the way that I look, that they wouldn't want to get bulky yeah, yeah. or as much yeah. which is fine. But it takes an awful lot of work. It's almost offensive yeah. that people think or are worried that they could wake up and almost be the same. With yeah. The effort that they oh God, yeah. To understand, well, it's just lack of um, lack of knowledge and you know poor information mm. being fed. But one main thing there is just like you're you're not going to wake up tomorrow massive. Like if it's going in the direction that you don't want it to, if you're getting bigger than you want to be, just lesson what you do <laughs> just yeah. step back a little bit it's that easy it's not yeah it's not even just the training to the extent that we do as well it's literally if you think about female females who do the bodybuilding side of things and the way they look it's not just the fact that we go to the gym and train our backsides off and push to be better and work so hard it's everything we do outside of that as well that people who aren't quote-unquote general population clients who just want to be quote-unquote toned who wants to just build a bit of lean muscle a bit of strength they won't go to the extremes of like me and grace we track all our meals we track everything to the tea we're big on what what meals we eat when we eat them sleep stress mm. we 
give so much of our life to every single variable that is involved with it to put ourselves in the most primed optimal position to build muscle which we don't you know unless you really want to do that other people won't do so you won't necessarily be aiming to hit protein intakes or eat protein at certain times and you won't be thinking about your stress management and all of the things that come with it yeah every single little piece of the puzzle which is why it again it's so hard because it's not it's not even just the training or the food it's every single little variable which it is everything consider. bodybuilding itself is very all-consuming so it like you said oh God, it's yeah. everything to it and 24 seconds spot yeah I don't yeah, think it gets really enough recognition, you know. I don't think people in the outside world, I think because it's judged in such a weird way, you know, it's the only sport where you get judged on how you look, which might seem quite, when you don't understand it, when I didn't understand it at first, seems really weird. And like, mm-hmm. God, everyone who does it must be so self-indulgent and so vain. And But compared to a lot of other athletes, in fairness, I think what we do is actually harder because... I know professional athletes, they do train every day and they'll watch the diets, but I don't think they give as much to pretty much every hour of the day or think about things as much as bodybuilders do. Because from the second you wake up to the second you go to bed, pretty much everything you do is centered around it or is considering it or thinking about it. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Like, I think high level athletes, they will all be looking into that because it plays a part whether it's bodybuilding or not. But I think it's the fact that we take our bodies to those unhealthy levels of body fat and basically our bodies aren't functioning at optimal. They're not functioning how they should. No. And I think that's what makes it, along with everything else, that's what makes it harder than anything else. Yeah, because in other sports, when people are competing, they're competing at their healthiest, at their fittest, at their best. When you compete in bodybuilding, you're literally on your backside. (laughs) You're not healthy at all. You've got no energy. You know, you're not even though it's kind of a, a show of amazing physiques and health, it's not, which again, I think that that's definitely what you were saying there makes it a lot harder because mm. where else can you tell me you basically compete at your physical worst? Like yeah. no, nothing else. You're at your prime. It's you're crazy. Isn't prime. It? You're judged on the way you look, but internally you're your worst. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't relate, but I know sort of ish the feels because of, the shoot I did and the the prep side of it I didn't actually compete but I know I can only imagine how trash you can feel towards the end because I was definitely yeah I was getting there it's tough but you get you get so it becomes so normal because you prep for so long that it's just how you you almost like you wake up one day and you're like oh my god I feel like trash today and the next you're fine it's just an ongoing thing so it's almost not as severe because you don't notice it don't get me wrong but you almost like just you just crack on yeah you do it's really weird it's like looking now if someone said to me oh tomorrow you need to go and do two hours of cardio or something like that I'd be like no I'd rather not I don't think I could do that I need to get up at like half four to do it to fit in your day I'd be like no whereas when or you'd be overthinking and stressing when when you're in the mode the mode you just do it don't you it's like it's not even a you don't even consider it no matter how much it's like a oh my god this is quite a long hard thing to do you just do it really weird you know you you do what it takes you do right let's fire one more from me and then we'll wrap it up there um definitely a tangent there (laughs) there's always a tangent i think that maybe that's the name of the podcast the tangent podcast um oh i don't know which one to go for that one's a really i might leave that one because that's quite a long one um so i'll go off this one uh, because it falls nicely off the topic of bodybuilding our favorite amateur physiques male and female and we think are most likely to turn pro I like this. Oh my God. If you're not interested in bodybuilding, you probably should just sign off now, to be honest. Go make, go make your tea. Um, but if you are interested in bodybuilding, keep listening. You know what? I, I can't even think off the top of my head. Like, okay. I think you go, for, you go first. Let me think. Okay. I know female, 100%. The female is easy, in my opinion. Um, Caitlin Hill. Oh, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal human being. Um, she for her age um she is absolutely unreal and i've seen her in person a few times because um sometimes trains near me and i can vouch that she looks phenomenal absolutely phenomenal i've got no doubt that she's Mm going to turn pro with how young she is how much time she's got and how fast she develops as well like Mm -hmm. her like one year transformations for some people could be a 10-year transformation like honestly she's phenomenal so i've got no doubts and for me what i like about caitlin is 
her ethic and her you know she works so hard like when she trains and everything she does she gives absolutely everything and so for that reason I would want her to get a pro card because I think it's warranted with her actual work ethic mm. that makes sense yeah no I think I'd have to agree on Caitlin for sure like there's a lot of specifically like th- figure natural athletes that I'm very excited to see step mm-hmm. on stage mm-hmm. next time like Zena. Yeah, yes. from beginning. I'm really looking forward to seeing her move up to figure. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Ella. Yeah, competing this year. Beth, Jesus, I cannot wait to see her compete. Hannah. Oh, you know, Beth. Much- Beth, Jesus Christ. Oh my God, I keep saying to her. Literally, Beth, I literally say to her so many times. She'll put a physique update, and I'm just like, mate, you look phenomenal. And she's like, really? I'm like, yes. What the hell? Like, you're mental. You're so good. <laughs> She doesn't realise yeah. how good she is at all. And that's what I... Not that's at all, thing not at all. And I think Beth yeah. could do very... She's Beth in the natural scene. I think she'll do absolutely oh, yeah. outstanding. Beth is Out- someone that I wouldn't want to go against. <laughs> no, this is the thing. I'm trying to time my shows around, like, you and Beth. I'm like, I really don't want to compete up against you and Beth because you're both so good, but... At the same time, it's nice to feel like that about someone you actually like. Like when you, if you didn't like someone, you'd be like, oh God, they're mm-hmm. better than me. But when it's someone that you like and you've got a lot of time for, like you and Beth, it's as much as frustrating it is, you actually like it because you want them to do well mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's very like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Contradictive. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> you same time you're like oh I want them to win is that out yeah and again that's the thing about this spot I think there's as much as it is competitive as well I've made some amazing friends through it um even just like people like yourself who I've never really spoken to up until earlier this year now I'd say I feel like I could probably ring you tomorrow if I was having a crisis and talk to you about it because we're on similar playing fields and because of the like-mindedness you just it can be so lovely the people you meet in the gym and through social media as much as it can be bad, it can be absolutely bloody brilliant as well. I think that's literally one of the best things that I found from bodybuilding is the people that you meet. Like, I was really nervous about going into shows and if girls are going to be bitchy backstage and if it was going to be really uncomfortable. And they were the nicest people. Like, all the girls that I met through competing have all just been lovely. And obviously, yes. you've got very similar yes. goals and interests and thought processes. I think it, it takes very similar thought processes to do what we do. Um, it's amazing that you can meet people like that, like like-minded people. That's the best thing about it. Hundred percent. Tangent again. <laughs> male, male, male physique. Um, oh my god. Um, I don't really know. I don't many. Really many. Um, the only one I can think of really who I think possibly will turn pro this year if the competition's right, because obviously it just depends who shows up on the day. Is Josh Bridgman? yeah he's got a good physique i i know he's been very close yeah. and his progress again is phenomenal but men's physique is one of those who shows from the day sometimes they go for size sometimes they go for smaller people it's it's one of them mm. isn't it Besides, yeah, i can that, see that happening though he's definitely got it coming coming for him besides from that uh oh i know someone who i really want to turn pro and it's not going to happen for a fair few years i don't think but i think will happen jack richardson you know, Jack Richardson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Because he's only I wouldn't gone... even realize if he does like next time. Yeah, I mean the... and yeah, it's, I mean he's think it's because he's so early, but his progressions from going from natural to assist and I know he's had the assistance, but it's been ridiculous. Mind blowing. And again, he works hard for it. And that's the thing, like when you see these people who do graft day in, day out, and they have the physique for so to show for it, you you root for them because you know that they're working so hard for everything they've got mm. I think that's yeah, mine sure. mm, that'll be a really good one to see time will tell mm. I don't know when he's actually competing next uh, I think it's you think he said a fair while because I actually bumped into him I mean this is a while ago and I bumped into him just after my shoot because we went down to strength asylum after my shoot to train which is a bad idea guys if you ever do a photo shoot and you feel like you because it's knackering I didn't realize how knackering it was doing it because you're constantly <laughs> posing and then I went straight in pretty much from not eating anything to train. But anyhow, he was there. So I got talking to him a bit because he knows Vic, my coach, because they're good friends. And we're yeah. talking about it. I think he says he wants to wait quite a while because 
think he wants to go into open because his physique's not classic. I don't know. I could be totally lying here, but we'll see. Mm. He's got he's got big goals, hasn't he? So I could see him like holding out until he's ready for them. And that's good. Like, no rush, no rush oh, yeah. in the spot. Like not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I think that wraps things up nicely. It's been about a good solid hour of us rambling. If you made it to the end, thank you. Well done. Thank you. Well done, <laughs> gold star. And obviously, we don't have. We might have a name by this time this is up. If not, give us some ideas and inspiration, please. And if please. you do have any ideas, inspiration for topics for guests anything you want i think a really fun one for us to do in the future will be a a get to know us even more so we could do some get to know us questions what you want to know about our fitness journeys like topics like in more detail like body image body whatever it is let us know some fun questions like as much as i love talking about fitness and bodybuilding and everything hopefully giving some good information out it would be fun to do some just fun questions yeah fun's always fun I always like listening to fun podcasts as well because sometimes when you want to listen to a podcast like I really don't want to listen to this informative educational stuff right now I just want to laugh something to make me laugh so we can do that we'll do our best anyway don't hold back guys (laughs) yeah but we'll wrap this one up here thanks for listening to episode one of many to come and we'll see you on the next one bye guys